The Athletic. The Athletic Women's Football Podcast is proudly partnered with Now. With a Now Sports membership, you can watch the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live. Find out more at nowtv.com. They've had their warning. They've had their warning. Here's Lucy Bryans. That is remarkable from Arsenal. Hello and welcome to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast in partnership with Now. Coming up on our Easter special show. Excellent Chelsea head to Wembley. Cracking Man City are into the final. And Arsenal try and look on the sunny side. It's Kate Borsay here, and as you can tell, we're not letting Easter go just yet. Oh, no. Joining us for the show, we've scrambled together two of the best experts of the game, former Chelsea, Arsenal and England player Katie Chapman and editor of She Kicks Women's Football magazine and former Sunderland player Jen O'Neill. Jen, how are you? I'm all right. I've emerged the, from the other side of a, a nasty cold, so I'm, I'm feeling all good to go. <laughs> We're looking forward to celebrating some of the good games with you this week. Katie, as the Chelsea Women's Ambassador, I know you were at the game at the weekend, the FA Cup semi-final, and you must be pretty happy to see actually both Chelsea sides through to FA Cup finals as a result of the weekend's fixtures. Yeah, definitely. It's great to see both teams through. It was a great game to watch. The atmosphere was amazing. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Let's find out then how Chelsea did it. She to the left-hand side, she's taking it on a strike, brilliant effort, brilliant goal. It was always going to take something extraordinary to break the deadlock in this FA Cup semi-final, and you've just seen it. Comes out to G, can't hear, off the bar and in, and that's absolutely vital. And Chelsea are at Wembley again. Yes, Chelsea are through to the FA Cup final. Their WSL title rivals, Arsenal, didn't take their chances in the first half and the visitors, Chelsea, punished them for it. Guro right and strike from 20 yards out, curling into the top corner. <laughs> Some would say it was right on the money. And 11 minutes later, gee whiz, what a shot from So Young on the edge of the box. It hit the underside of the crossbar and bounced in for the 2-0 win. Arsenal hunted for a comeback like a child looking for green Easter eggs in grass impossible. Let's digest the game then with our experts. First of all, Arsenal, a frustrating performance because despite the scoreline, they were decent in the first half for this one, Jen. Yeah, I mean, they, they did. They started really, really brightly and they got behind the, the Chelsea back line a few times, certainly in the, the first sort of 15, 20 minutes. Having said that, and we'll talk about the fact that they had chances and didn't take them, they didn't test Berger at all. I mean, pretty much right throughout the game, she didn't have a great deal to do. And and while they had that upper hand, some of the decision-making wasn't great. They just didn't capitalise on half chances. And on the blue side, they actually individually did everything right in terms of defending. It was basic, it was simple. They kept all of that together whilst they were sort of facing that onslaught and then built that confidence. And I think that Arsenal did edge that first half, but if you look at the sort of final few minutes of the the opening half, Arsenal started to make some strange uh, mistakes. Decision-making was poor, sort of losing concentration. Leah Williamson in particular, with a really slack pass that Beth England hopped onto and and they were lucky not to 
to suffer a goal at that stage. And, and I think that just sort of hinted about what was to come after the half-time break. So it was really tight at that point. And we talked about afterwards how it was a tight game, but actually on reflection of the real moments where things could happen, it was Chelsea that, that edged it on in all areas like that. Yeah, Arsenal didn't register a single shot on target. So that gives you some idea of their frustrations. How did Chelsea turn it around in your mind, Katie? Um, I think with tactical changes for the second half, I think you heard Emma Hayes' statement saying that, you know, they weren't great defensively in the first half and they were making mistakes um, over the pitch. I think she changed some bits going in and probably said to players they need to do their job, you know, their individual parts. And in them games, you know, it is an FA Cup game. I always say they're different to league games as well. You know, it's a knockout game. You know, you have to be on your game to win the game. And there's very few opportunities that you get within those games as well. And hence, you know, you have to take them, which Chelsea did. Jen, let's return to Arsenal here and what happened. It was it was almost like they, they, they'd sort of come out of the blocks with lots of energy. They're assertive in that first bit of the first half. And then, as you say, something happened. And I want to know what that thing might have been. Was it, was it a drop in confidence that they weren't getting anywhere with how they were playing? Had they run out of ideas? Had they wondered what was next? How do you try and analyse it? How Arsenal, you know, suddenly, suddenly lost lost something which which then really compounded their efforts in the second half well Arsenal had started with such energy and vim and, and confidence and belief in what they were doing and, and they were they were getting in and around the 80 yard area but but then as we sort of alluded to that the final pass or the decision making wasn't there there was one really great opportunity when Blackstenius got to the byline and didn't pull it back for Miedema and that, and that could have been a, a guilt-edged chance for a player of her quality and, and if they'd got that that first goal, then it maybe would have changed the game because, as, as Katie said, it's a, it's a cup final, cup semi final. It's there's so much riding on it. It's already two teams that are battling it out for for the title. They've they've got mind games going on from so many previous fixtures. It, it was always going to be about that first goal, so they put so much energy into that into trying to make the breakthrough, and it didn't start. It didn't come, and I think the energy started to wane. And I think this potential argument of the selection from Arsenal started to to be called out at that point because of the the two Australians in the starting lineup. I never felt happy with Katie McCabe on the right. I wonder whether that's because in previous meetings between the two, Erin Cuthbert's had McCabe in her pocket when can she can usually be such an influential player for Arsenal. And and I really felt that Miedema should have been moved further forward earlier. Like Stenius didn't have the best of games. She tried to run the channel. She was trying to 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 make an imprint. But we really need to see when it comes to the, the crucial moments, we need to see Miedema and and Mead and players like that who understand each other intrinsically to, to be able to link together better. Yeah, I felt certain players, without being too harsh, just just needed to show up a little bit more. I felt that they were lacking some sort of gut and grind in midfield, maybe. It didn't feel like it was clicking together and it, it didn't feel like there was enough ownership at times as well. After the game, Viv Miedemar said, I think all the goals we gave away were mistakes we made ourselves. I didn't think Chelsea were particularly great today. We made it complicated for ourselves. She also said we should have scored two or three in the first half. Then you've obviously got a completely different game. I mean, it's easy for her to say after the game that, Katie, what do you make of Arsenal? Vid Miedemar saying there, we just made it complicated for ourselves. 
It seems like there's a lot of disappointment after the game, isn't it? I think when you hear the manager speak, you know, about consistency and, and that sort of stuff. And you do get limited chances in the game and they did need to take them. You know, they had probably had quite a couple of clear chances that they probably could have scored. And it does change the game. You know, if you score the first goal, it changes the game. I also think, you know, Emma probably set Chelsea up tactically to, you know, stop their better players. Leah Williamson, Kim Little, you know, we didn't see a lot of Kim Little in that game. And she's a great player of theirs and she could be really influential in the game. And I think, you know, it could be a bit of both. I, I think that's a crucial point there. There's people will point the finger at players like Miedemar and say, well, it's a big occasion. She she didn't necessarily deliver. But I felt like Kim Little was the player that was was going to be the one that could could really make the difference for Arsenal against Chelsea on Sunday. And she and she just didn't manage to do it, whether she was stifled, whether she didn't have the players around her, whether she was just off her game. And sometimes these things happen. Sometimes teams just don't click. And Arsenal just didn't click at all on Sunday. Let's look at Chelsea's performance then. They didn't come out of the blocks like Arsenal did. Jess Carter saying after the game that, that Arsenal exploited Chelsea, got in behind us in the first half probably too many times, more than we'd like. But as the game went on, we just got stronger and stronger and we got ourselves organised a bit quicker and a bit better. So it, it did take Chelsea time to get into the game as well. And I think Chelsea's back four put in a lot of work. We need to recognise what they were doing as well. Neve Charles, Millie Bright, Anik Nguyen and Jess Carter as well. I've seen memes of them as the Ghostbusters. I don't know if, if any of you have seen those. Who are you going to call the Chelsea back for? Um, just a word on them from you, Katie. I think it's nice to give them a bit of recognition. You know, they've been great, I think, throughout the season, those players. I think, you know, Jess Carter has, has shone this season. I think, you know, and a call up into obviously England is is bright. I think she's been great. She seems to be growing into her role at Chelsea. And, and, you know, she didn't play for a while. And then once she got her opportunity, she's absolutely taken it. I think them together, because there's been so much consistency, I think, with that back, for that back line, you know, especially the three of them, it's easier, isn't it? When you're playing together all of the time, you build relationships and it becomes easier. But I think, you know, being a Chelsea player, they pride on not conceding. And I think it's important to acknowledge them as well as the goal scorers. I think that's a really strong point that, that Kate is making about that Chelsea defence. And I spoke to, to Jess Carter yesterday in, in a bit of length and about how well she's doing. But also she'll say herself that she's loud and, and bossy on the pitch. It's the communication. <laughs> and you if you it. highlight exactly, well, actually, if you if you study that Guru White and goal, what a fantastic strike it was in its, in its own right. And she sees the space to cut into and then to, to hit the shot. But it's Little and McCabe who are trying to close that off. And G makes a great run round to the left wide and causes an indecision and the confusion between the two of them. But you've got McCabe pointing in one direction and Little going to the player. The two of them did not know what the other one was going to do. And that is not having a consistent backline and, and understanding what players around you are going to do in the heat of the moment. And, and it cost them a goal. In fact, two brilliant goals within, what, 10 or 11 minutes of each other. We've mentioned how excellent Wrighton's goal was. And then G as well, maybe even better, Katie. Yeah, I mean, it, it was going to come. I think I was standing behind the goal when they were warming up and they were having the shots and I was seeing G. She was striking the ball beautifully into the goal. And she went into the game. She had a great game, G. And it was always coming. You know, she's always got that quality about her and she can finish when you give her the opportunity. I think... You know, with two goals, they had the opportunity to do that because the defenders backed off. No one came and pressed, so they gave them the opportunity to do that. And if you're going to give those quality players that much space, they're going to score. Let's look at the impact on the title race then. There's no doubt in my mind that, you know, Arsenal, well, 
both teams have to win every game, of course. That's a really obvious thing to say. But you can't help wonder, Jen, how this is going to impact Arsenal, who've had a couple of tricky results now and they're a point behind Chelsea. It's going to be really tough for them. Yeah, it is. And that's what I would have loved to have asked some of the players after the game on Sunday. Hopefully we'll have in-person mixed zones eventually. Um, <laughs> and because, yeah, the mentality and, well, you know, the momentum and how that affects them because the last few games they've had mixed results. When when Arsenal are good, they're in full flow and they're getting win after win after win and it's not coming for them at the moment. So, their next game against Everton is going to be going to be quite important. I, I can't see, although there's two really really tough games for Chelsea against Spurs, and then the last game on the on the closing day against Manchester United. I just can't see Chelsea letting go of this. Mm. It feels like Chelsea have the mental strength as well, and we've seen how it doesn't always go their way. But yet the team can organise themselves, and with a fantastic coach like Emma Hayes, they're able to walk away from a game where their boss describes them as horrendous for the first twenty minutes. They're able to walk away with a two nil win and get into a cup final. That is what Chelsea have on their side. Do you see this at the club as well, Katie? And is Emma Hayes the right person to make sure that Chelsea finish the job? I suppose, not just with the FA Cup final, but with the title race as well. Do you know what? Looking at Chelsea, you know, they look, all look happy. They all look like they're enjoying their football and they look like a team. And and I know Emma very well and she makes sure that players self-reflect first. You look at yourself first, then we look at the team. And I think it's important that you do that, you know, to, to work out what you need to improve on or what you didn't do so well. And then you can talk together as a team. And I think within Chelsea, everyone sort of has a voice as well. You know, everyone listens to everybody else. And I think she's created a great, culture there and it's a culture of winning and they're not going to let it go I can't see them letting it go but Katie Emma said on Sunday that winning's not not easy to keep winning and winning you know more about that than I do is it is it hard it is hard you know what's the hardest part of that is that everyone wants to beat you the more and more everyone wants to beat you and you know everyone's improving so you've got to still continue to keep improving and be better you know and find ways to to keep yourself at the top so yeah it is really really tough A quick word for Fran Kirby, who won't be playing for Chelsea or for England for the foreseeable future. She's got a fatigue problem at the moment, and that's a huge loss for both sides, but also really frustrating for Fran Kirby. And I suppose she's just got to focus on trying to get through this, Katie. Yeah, of course. You know what? Sometimes I think you have to make the decision, don't you? What's more important, you know, and look after your health because, you know, life is more important than football. And she needs to get that right. She's had a lot that's gone on in her her career. Poor, poor girl. I really do. I, I could have tears in my eyes when I talk about Fran and what she's been through and what she's had to battle through. And it looked like she was sort of back from that. And now she's had to take another step back. But I think she just needs to sit and just think about, you know, her health is the most important thing out mm. of all of this. And I wish her, I really do wish her well. Well, we wish Frank Kirby all the best from the team here. Let's get the inside line then on that solid Chelsea defence that we were discussing earlier. We've been speaking to Neve Charles. It's floated, loopy delivery, comes off the shoulder of Fleming and headed in for another. Neve Charles this time. Headed down by Harder, a lovely shot from Charles. To get Chelsea second, that's a cracker for me, Charles.
Neve, first of all, congratulations for making it through to another FA Cup final. How are you feeling? Yeah, obviously delighted. I think it was a tough, a really tough game, but this is where we always want it to be. Also feels a bit weird, the fact that we obviously feels like we've only just played the FA Cup from last year. <laughs> um, so it's, um, but yeah, delighted. That's exactly where we want to be. You're going to get bored of Wembley soon, aren't you, at Chelsea? <laughs> no, um, never. How did how did you celebrate? I saw on Instagram, I had a little peek that there was a barbecue yesterday with some of the Chelsea girls. Yeah, I think we've had a, obviously we came back off international break and everyone's flown so far. And obviously we had a big game, so we had the day off yesterday. So I think we all just took a bit of time to sort of step away from football because obviously we've got a very intense running at the end of the season and it all really matters but just as important as spending time with each other off the pitch as well and the weather was lovely so yeah how did you digest that win as you say the fixtures are coming thick and fast and before the day off there might have been a bit of reflection after the game at the weekend uh, on the win and on what's ahead as well it's always when you come straight off international break the first game both teams sort of have interrupted momentum so I think afterwards we were obviously delighted to get the win and there was a lot of lessons for us to learn as well because the game wasn't straightforward and I think in the first half, especially in the beginning, Arsenal did create some problems for us. So it's great that we were able to get through it, obviously, but also we can learn from the problems they sort of caused us. Yeah, how do you sum up that first 20 minutes at the end of the game? Emma Hayes sort of just said that you weren't great, basically. I think she might have used a harsher word than that, but I won't, I won't repeat it. What was crucial to you getting through that period and then the side being able to go on the ascendancy? I think it's important to expect in games like that that we're not. it's not going to be straightforward the whole way through the game. Arsenal are an incredible team and I think they started the game a lot better than us and we all knew that and so they, they were creating problems and we probably started a bit passive and it took us a while to get going. We, obviously, it's an ideal and we didn't want that, but I think the good thing we could sort of take out of it was that we sort of rode the wave and we came through it and they were on top, we knew that, but we sort of, we didn't, we kept a clean sheet at that point. We didn't concede and we sort of rode it out and started to problem solve on the pitch between us and using the bench as well. And I think obviously it wasn't ideal, but they're going to have momentum at times in the game. But the fact that we were able to stop the ball going in and sort of ride out and fix it so that by the end of the first half, we were playing better. We'd sort of fixed it within that half. Were there any words to add into that recovery from Emma Hayes at halftime as well, Neve? I think at halftime it was... I mean, we, we've all played in games like this where, like, as I say, we expect it. And I think half-time was just, this is what we fixed. This is what's worked and going into the second half. And I think another thing was just re-emphasising that we're the best when we're aggressive and sort of stepping forward onto them. And I think in the second half, we were a lot more aggressive and a lot more front-footed and we were able to win a lot more second balls. And I think it was just reiterating that half-time and sort of highlighting, yes, that we hadn't started the game well, but actually taking the positives from the last bit of the first half as well. Mm-hmm. You were key in the semi-final as well, Neve, to blocking Arsenal's attack on the left-hand side. Was that was that part of the game plan? Was that something that you'd identified? And and how did you do it so effectively? Playing as a wing back, obviously we love to get forward as well. But depending on the state of the game and sort of the threats that the other team pose, I ended up doing quite a lot of defending, and it was sort of quite lopsided towards the end of the game, and we sort of went to a four at the back. But I think. Well, me and Millie work, work well together, just communicating, being able to, when I step out, when I don't, and sort of the whole of the back line, being able to shift across when it works, it works really effectively. And I think it really, that enables, it helps me to sort of make my decision of being able to go out and press. And I think just that cohesiveness between the back line when it works, it's really effective. And yeah, as you say, 
Arsenal have some incredible forwards and you can never switch off against them. So yeah, it was tough, but good that we kept a clean sheet. Have you seen those mock-ups of you on Twitter as the Ghostbusters, the Chelsea backline? Have you seen them? I actually saw one, yeah. Usually <laughs> I don't see anything, but I did see one, yeah. It's <laughs> a nice compliment. Who yeah. are you going to call? There you go. Yeah. Um, I hear that you're a bit superstitious as well. Did you do something before the game and did it involve chewing gum? Yeah. I don't know how, how that's... Um, oh, but yeah, I do have a lot of superstitions before the game and it's always, ever since I've been at Chelsea, it's been chewing gum to the very detail of my assistant coach. I will go give her a piece of tissue, have chewing gum. And then after the what first bit of the warm-up before the rondos, I go give it to her. And it's just, and now Millie started doing it as well. Very superstitious. I don't know how that's been noticed, but um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of superstitions and that is one of them as well. Give us another superstition then. If that one's not sort of taken us aback, mm. are there any other ones? There are a few weird ones that obviously if we don't do it, it doesn't really matter. It's just, it's nice. I like to get into the routine before the game and it sort of relaxes you when you're in. So obviously I always wear the same shin pads. If I lost them, I'd hate it. And before the game, me and Sam do a, a we have a little thing together where, because obviously we sit next to each other and we're always near each other. So actually we didn't do it before the game on the weekend, I don't think. But mm. usually that's yeah. the Thing like it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, but yeah, there's a few people where I just have superstitions with, and me and Jesse go and do the like some reactive lights before the game. Um, but it's, it's just nice, I like having the little routines. Sounds like you like the order, and that that kind of almost orders your head if you're if you're hitting those kind of familiar things before a game. Do you know if your family are coming down from the Wirral to watch the final? Yeah, well, I hope so. I, sh- I think they will be, yeah, straight after the game. That's what I love about being a, like going to Wembley as well. It's it's such a good day out for your family as well, and sort of they put so much into you as well that it's so nice for them to have that lovely occasion as well, where they can come down and sort of uh, hopefully celebrate and just sort of be all together as well. And obviously, they live on the world, so it's nice for them to come down. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, look, you're going to have Lauren Hemp on your hands, aren't you? Probably, possibly in the final. How are you going to deal with her? Yeah, she's she's obviously an unbelievable player and I think she's she's had another really good season and she's been consistent for a few seasons now and I think obviously for England that's great for us and, but obviously when you're at club and she's against you it it's not as nice but um I think well we've got respect she's an unbelievable player but also sort of we've been keeping a lot of clean sheets recently and playing really well so I think it won't just be a case of one person it'll be the entire team being aware of the threat that she poses but being able to deal with it together and really backing each other in that defensive mode. Yeah, team effort on that one. You've won a lot of trophies with Chelsea, domestic quadruple last season. Tell me what it would mean to add another FA Cup trophy to that tally. I mean, ever since I've got here, it was this first thing, the biggest thing that stood out was it's just it's just about winning and that's the culture that Emma's created here. And I think we want to win everything. And obviously the FA Cup has got a lot of history and it's such a great trophy. Also, the fact that I know we had the fans last time as well, but like we did the domestic quadruple, as you said, but we didn't have fans for a large part of it. So the opportunity to be able to do that with no restrictions, I think we still had some restrictions when it came to the final last time. So the opportunity to do that with the fans as well. I mean, on Sunday, the fans were incredible and every game, it amazes me how loud they are, how how many come to the game. And it's it's really special. I really enjoy it. Here's the challenge for you to finish off. I'd love your thoughts on the title race and you're not allowed to say one game at a time. <laughs> I mean, that is the cliche, but <laughs> if you hadn't said that, that's what I would have got. But I think 
as a neutral, it's I think this whole season from top to bottom, it's been really exciting to watch. And I think that's a credit to the growth of the women's game that the league's becoming more competitive and games aren't a given now. And player development, that's brilliant. But also for sort of fans watching it, that's really interesting. And I think the title race is another part of that as well. And I think Arsenal are a brilliant team and absolutely nothing is a given at the moment. But I think the way that it's gone in the whole season, that that has been our mindset because otherwise you can start thinking too far ahead and I think you can't create these expectations at all. So it's just about focusing on the process. For example, today in training, it was today's training is the most important thing. It's not tomorrow's training or looking ahead to the weekend. It's today is the most important. So I think staying present and sort of focusing on that is how we'll get through it, but also enables us to be in the best position. Well, look, good luck for the rest of the season on several counts. The FA Cup, of course, and the title race. It's been great to speak to you. Defender Neve Charles, thank you. Thank you very much. Chelsea defender Neve Charles there. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Well, let's get the inside scoop on the other semi-final then, because in the final, Neve Charles and her side Chelsea will be up against Manchester City, who poached four goals from West Ham in their semi-final. Yes, the Easter puns continue. Kira Walsh's rocket hit the crossbar and Ellen White headed in the rebound for City's opener. The Hammers gifted City their second as Chloe Kelly intercepted Jilly Flaherty's pass across the box and scored. West Ham's Lisa Evans on loan from Arsenal moved the ball around the keeper, Ellie Roebuck, and produced a quick finish for 2-1, but a Lauren Hemp brace took the game away from the host, sealing the 4-1 win for Manchester City. Let's take ourselves through this one then. Jen, starting with you, first of all, great to see Chloe Kelly back. First start for her in 11 months. She, of course, was out with that anterior cruciate ligament knee injury. Yeah, I was so excited and delighted to see her back. And uh, she looked she looked tidy on the ball, but she looked just as brave as she's ever been. And she looked dangerous. And so that's fantastic for her. It's fantastic for City. And I hope that it's potentially fantastic for England. I think there might be some of Serena Wiegmann's regular squad members looking over their shoulders nervously now, thinking that she's going to maybe squeeze her way into that Euros squad. Not to put too much pressure on her so soon, but uh, yeah, she was fantastic. She looked really comfortable, didn't she? Which is why you're mentioning the Euros squad as well, because it feels like it is it is within her reach. Uh, West Ham started the game with an aggressive high press, Katie, perhaps a little nod to their defeat to City in the WSL a couple of weeks ago. There was a 3-5-2 formation. And I think City just waited, didn't they, until West Ham's plan started to falter. <laughs> That's what happens. I think with a high press, you know, you've got to keep up the intensity, haven't you, throughout the game. And if you're coming up, you know, against a quality team like Man City, you know, they've got their players back, you know, Hemp's on fire at the moment. She's, she's added to her game in terms of finishing now, which she said she needed to do. You've got Chloe Kelly coming back. They've found their form again, Man City, with obviously all the injuries coming back into the team. And, you know, it's never going to be an easy task against Man City. Let's talk about the error from Jilly Flaherty, which was pounced upon by Chloe Kelly. Look, Jilly 
is always the first person to hold her hands up, Jen, and she put an Instagram post up after the game. Well, in fact, 48 hours nearly after the semi-final loss, and, and she said she was still as devastated, an uncharacteristic mistake made by me, she said, put us 2-0 down, and it's been on repeat in my mind since. There were some really horribly abusive comments on that post, by the way, and she turned off the comments in the end, which is just unnecessary and uncalled for in the game. Jill is always honest. She's always open. And she recognises that that was a mistake that she shouldn't have made. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really upsetting, all of it. Um, as you say, I mean, she's she, she's never going to shirk if she's made a mistake. But you watch that again and again, and I wonder why Mackenzie Arnold's given her the ball in that situation anyway, and then players back off. On reflection, she does have an out ball to Grace Fisk. But it's I, I, I guess they're in a... They're thinking about playing football. Ollie Hard has got them trying to play in a certain way. And sometimes you, ha- you have to break out of that and, and do something simple. It's easy to say now. In the, in the heat of the game, it's difficult. Mm. And we often talk about the fatigue and the disruption of an international break for the players who've been away. Sometimes it can maybe have that impact on the players who've stayed with the club because they've not been in regular match action. And so just little errors like that slipping in is, is frustrating and it's upsetting because you know the passion that she has. But actually, West Ham, I was, I was really pleased with them, certainly in the first 45. But as you say, and as Katie said, energy-wise, you, you just can't. Can you keep that up? I don't think that you can <laughs> carry on playing like that. And Maybe uh, not at was, of the season. I know. Svetgiver, particularly, I, I really rate her as a player and she was excellent. And Lisa Evans was was fab as well. But in the end, the, the class told. Mm. The, the City players just understand their role within that shape and, and the formation in and out of possession is, is excellent. And they sort of, in the end, they just cruised to that win. Is there anything to learn from opposition or for opposition sides about City from uh, the manner of conceding the goal, Lisa Evans's goal? I thought she was great to sort of capitalise on a bit of confusion at the back there for City, Jen, uh, West Ham keeper, out of her area, a bit of hesitation there. Yeah, but sometimes just the players make little mistakes and you, you've got to grab that opportunity. And they did. That was a fantastic one too, um, Leon, seeing the run of Lisa Evans. That, that was a, a good example of a great piece of sharpness that they, they, they brought into the game and they, they were ruthless in, in that episode. But I, yeah, as lots of people have said, um, and I think you'll mention as well, Kiva Walsh, she really ran the, ran the game. And so if clubs can close her down and, and make it difficult for her, then you're going to stop the way that and the rhythm that that City want to play their game at. Yeah, Kira Walsh running the game, but Lauren Hemp, two excellent goals from her. We've talked before about the missing nugget for Lauren Hemp being the accuracy in front of goal. And she's certainly been finding that in the last few months, banging in the goals, Katie, great cutbacks for assists, as well. She is a very special player, but she's also a player who's managed to significantly improve her output this season as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think you look at her, she is, she's a great player. She brings so much to the game. And I think what was missing was that end product in the final third, whether it would be picking a pass in the box or finishing. And to be fair to her, she's, she acknowledged that and she's taken that on board and she's, she's improved it. Because you see now with confidence, you know, she's scoring goals for, for country and for club. And that's only going to get better. She's so young. She's so talented. And, you know, as long as we don't put too much pressure on her and we don't expect too much from her, we just allow her to be her, I think she'll be great. Well, as we said, Kira Walsh controlled the game. Uh, I thought she was excellent. Time to hear from the woman herself. We spoke to Man City's Kira Walsh a little earlier. 
Angle Dahl, and it breaks to Walsh! What a strike from Kira Walsh! Kira Walsh! It's good! That's a smashing goal! Kira, congratulations on the semi-final win. Tell us how it feels to be in another FA Cup final. Yeah, I think, you know, for us, um, if you would have told us that we'd be in the, the final at the start of the season, I think, you know, we would have taken it. I think the way we're playing at the minute, you know, we're in good confidence. And yeah, it's really exciting. I think every final at Wembley is such a special occasion for us all. And, you know, having the fans there and our families, um, yeah, it's really important for us and we're looking forward to it. Your manager, Gareth Taylor, after the semi-final, said that you were the free player and that you controlled the game. Just tell us more about your role. Tell us more about that. I think in the way that we play at City, you know, we always know that one of our players is going to be free, whether it's, uh, it tends to either be me or Ellie Roebuck or maybe our number nine sometimes. And it just so happened that it was me in the West Ham game. So I knew that I, um, I had to have an influence on the game if I'm the free player. And um, I think it's a role where you kind of start the attacks and uh, I'm the one up in the counter-attacks at the same time. But um, it's a role I enjoy, you know, it goes under the radar a little bit and that and that suits my personality. So, yeah, I think I think it's a role I enjoy and uh, I kind of get to play the passes. That's something that I enjoy probably more than scoring. So, yeah, I'm grateful that I get to play the role here at City and it suits the way that I want to play. Yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because you probably don't get the plaudits that you deserve for playing in that role, but you've just hinted there that that's, that that's sort of how you like it. You'd prefer to play under the radar than in the spotlight. What is it about that kind of side of your personality? Because there are other players out there who would who would prefer the spotlight, who would prefer their name on the goal scoring sheet regularly? Yeah, I think, you know, it's kind of just what works for an individual. And I think for me, you know, just, just going into the game, I know my role. I know that, you know, sometimes the game, I'm going to be marked in the game. It's about me moving for other people to get on the ball. And, you know, it's about me letting the centre-half step in. And I think that's kind of what I, I appreciate here at City. And I think I know I'm appreciated within the club and within my teammates. So I think for me, that's that's the main thing. You know, I don't really mind what people are saying um, about me outside of here because I know that I'm appreciated here. And, you know, I enjoy playing here with my teammates and that's the main thing for me. You had a couple of chances denied by Mackenzie Arnold, the West Ham goalkeeper, particularly the early one, which then Ellen White managed to scoop up on the rebound. So it's not like you don't have your chances at all. As you say, to be in another FA Cup final is perhaps not a position we would have managed at the beginning of the season when there were loads of injuries to the team. And perhaps you could argue that the team maybe hadn't found their rhythm or hadn't found a way to work around those injuries. Just talk us through the, the difference of where you were at the beginning of the season. And, you know, also whether as a team you had to fundamentally change any of your mindset or any of the work behind the scenes before the games to allow you to then get to the point now where you are able to be so ruthless on the pitch. Yeah, I think I think first and foremost, I think as a team, we found, as you said, our rhythm and, and confidence. I think, you know, it's not easy. Obviously, I was one of the injured players at the start of the season, but I can't imagine that it's easy when you're playing that. Everybody's talking about these players you're missing and are they capable of winning without them? I think, you know, that definitely would play a part in your mind. And I think as a squad, we know the players we've got here are more than capable and anyone can play in any day and we can get a result. I think for us, you know, that the new players, I think the play at City is, is so specific and, and so tactical that I do think it takes a little bit of time to settle in. I think if you look now, you know, Alana Kennedy is absolutely flying. I think she's been unbelievable in the last few games. So she's been absolutely solid and even playing out from the back, you know, she, she's been incredible. I just think something's just clicked, you know, with gelled and 
I think you can see we've just got a flow to our game. I think maybe the mindset has changed a little bit. I think, you know, in that Chelsea game, I think we started in the Conti Cup final. I think we were a bit tentative in the first 20 minutes. I think it, it took us a bit of time to settle down. But I think once coming at half time, I think if we just put trust in the way we're set up and the way we're going to play and have that confidence, you know, I think we can go to the so with anyone. And, and we showed that. I think, you know, I think we've got that belief now that we do have the ability and we do, we are set up, you know, Gaz sets up it us up in a way that we can beat anyone and I think it was just putting full trust into that and, and we have done and it's reaping its rewards now for us. Yeah I was reading earlier Kira an article that we did with you at the Offside Rule which was before the first FA Cup final that Man City uh, took part in and won of course it was your first FA Cup final as well five years ago now and now we're about to uh, arrive at your you know possibly a fourth FA Cup trophy. You've been at City for eight years does being in the final, does it change? Does your attitude towards being in the final change? Is it is it more or less special or do you just become more expert at, you know, dealing with the pressure of being in a final? I don't think that the feeling ever changes. I think every player always wants to reach those finals. And I think the FA Cup is, is such a special one in terms of English football history. I think it's something that, you know, we all love to, to be a part of. And I think, I think for me, you know, when I was younger and I played in that first one, I think, I didn't have any expectation. I wasn't sure whether I was even going to play or or those sort of emotions. I think the emotions around it were a lot different. You know, I was just very excited to be there and kind of just just give my all and just, yeah, that that was probably more of my emotion. But I think now it's, I kind of, when I turn up now, I know what job I need to do. And it's a lot more tactical rather than just, you know, enjoying the feeling of being there, you know, there's a job to be done. And there's an expectation here at City that, that we are to challenge for all the trophies and, I think at the back end of the season, you know, the business end of the season, you know, we're really performing well. And I think we just need to continue that focus and, and keep this momentum going up until, you know, the game at Wembley. Kira Walsh, thank you so much for speaking to us. Cheers. Thank you. Well, that was us speaking to Manchester City's Kira Walsh. We look forward to seeing how City get on in that FA Cup final on Sunday, the 15th of May at Wembley against Chelsea, a Man City-Chelsea final. And a quick plug from me, by the way, there are always ticket deals available. If you're a mum with kids or you plan on taking, as I did to the final in December, 50,000 children. No, I didn't. It was about 14 of them, but it felt like 50,000. If that's what you want to do, do check out ticket deals, by the way. It'll make a great occasion. Certainly will. Very quickly, Jen, who's going to take the final? I love the Conti Cup final. I'm worried because Katie might crawl through the internet and bop me <laughs> over the head for this one. I, I think I, I think that City might might get the final, and I know and Chelsea will win the league. There you go. That's much more oh. fair, isn't it? Um, Katie, Mal, I'm absolutely going against her. <laughs> Chelsea are going to take the lead and the FA Cup final the league and the final I say now you know what it's going to be a really tough game I think obviously because of the Conti Cup final didn't it you know are Chelsea really going to want to lose you know the FA Cup final it's going to be I think a great game I think the fact that you know Chelsea Man City are actually in the final and not playing each other in a semi-final with the FA Cup is fantastic to start with and hopefully it'll be a real showcase of women's football in that game because there's so much talent on show yeah at Wembley as well and um, it should be a great occasion. A bit of other news now, a couple of quick updates for the Euros this summer. All of England's group stage matches have now sold out, including the Old Trafford opener and the 12 referees have been chosen as well. They include England's Rebecca Welsh and former Liverpool and Wales striker Cheryl Foster who will become the first Welsh woman to referee at a major tournament. But before, of course, all the excitement this summer, the WSL returns for the final matches of the season, which means it's time for moments of the WSL to come with now. 
You can stream the biggest moments of the Women's Super League with Now. Watch all the live Sky Sports action this Sunday at 6.45pm from Everton as the Toffees host title-hunting Arsenal. You can watch it all for just 11 99 by grabbing a Now Sports Day membership. To find out more, search Now Sports or visit nowtv.com. Our WSL teams then have got either three or four matches left of the season and it literally is all still to play for. It'll be a fantastic end to the season. So let's start to build on some of that. We don't know who's going to win the league. Uh, we don't know who's going to get that third Champions League spot and who'll be relegated. There's so much to play for. My moment ahead, by the way, and I'm not going to look too far ahead. We've mentioned it briefly, the game between Everton and Arsenal this weekend, mostly because I'm intrigued to know what Arsenal are going to come back with. They can't put a foot wrong now and, and even that might not be good enough in terms of the title. Are they going to move on from the semi-final defeat and show up for the rest of the season? Jonas Edeval said he's frustrated by a side's lack of consistency, hasn't he? And I think there is a bit of a question about how they can utilise their senior players more to see them through, particularly when you need that mental edge, you need that experience. So that's one that I'm looking out for this weekend, Everton and Arsenal. Katie Chapman, what's your moment to come? I think mine's going to be the uh, Chelsea-Tottenham games. I think, you know, the, 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 as you say, that Everton-Arsenal game is going to be critical to how they bounce back. I think, but they've got, they've only planned for the league now. So I reckon Arsenal, you know, they're experienced enough to get that job done to, to win that game. But I think, you know, Tottenham could cause, could cause a problem. So you're predicting Tottenham causing a problem to Chelsea in this one? I think it's, it's going to be tough because, you know, they're still competing for that place, aren't they? Tottenham. I think when you look at the end of the season, I think Chelsea have actually got the harder of the run in terms of playing for the league. You know, two Tottenham games, Birmingham away, Man United at home. That's the tough fixtures when, you know, one's trying to earn the third spot. Man United are still in and around it. It's tough. A lot to play for for both sides. Jen O'Neill, you've got your eye on Chelsea as well. Yeah, my, my pick, it's not hard to pick this one, is it? It's uh, Chelsea, Man United on the final day of the season because I expect United and City to still be scrapping it out for that Champions League place. Spurs are going to want to keep getting results, but I, I can't see how they need other teams to lose points and I just can't see how they're going to get six points out of Chelsea. So yeah, that's going to be such a corker. And there's, what, Chelsea players returning with Man United. It's going to be great and what an occasion. I feel like I need to get some definition from both of you when we talk about how the season might end. So be prepared to put your pennies on the table, please, both of you. I'd like a title winner. I'd like the Champions League places and I'd like relegation, please. On your marks, get set. Katie Chapman, go. Oh, I like how you put me in there first. Ow. (laughs) Chelsea for the league. Uh, Man City for Champions League place, I think. relegation is going to be Birmingham I think unfortunately I think they've got a tough task you know to get out of that I think it's the point maybe gaps is too big okay Jen O'Neill yeah I'm gonna um, go with uh, Katie because because uh, she's right <laughs> I think uh, Chelsea for the league uh, Chelsea for the league um, and, and Arsenal and City uh, City are just done they're such in a such a good reign of vein of form I, I can't mm. see them giving it away hence oh, cue all of the Man United fans on social media having a go at Be us. kind, um, please, everyone. We'll see. And unfortunately, uh, sad to say, I think that, yeah, Blues, I, might, I think that Birmingham City will um, will face the drop. 
Well, those are our predictions and our moments to come. Let us know if you think we're hopping mad. Yes, we are continuing with the Easter puns. Or would you have chosen exactly, exactly the same? Uh, let us know on Twitter at The Athletic UK and at Offside Rule Pod. Well, in Europe, it's the first leg of the Champions League semi-finals. On Friday, Barcelona host Wolfsburg, and they've sold out the new camp again for that one. Last time, they broke the official attendance record for a women's game with over 91,000 fans. Let's see if they can do it again. And on Saturday, Lyon hosts PSG in the all-French semi. Thoughts on these ones? Jen O'Neill, please. I want to back Wolfsburg. But um, I think I'm, I'm um, hoping a little bit too much. Barcelona are just too strong. Although if Wolfsburg can hold them to m- maybe like only one one goal, perhaps at the new Camp, mm. they'll have a chance when they take them back. But because uh, I love Sven Dessjonsdottir, the the uh, Icelandic forward for Wolfsburg, she's she's been a real exciting player to watch this season. But uh, Barcelona are too strong, and PSG had their moment in the sun in terms of being the better side in France last year, but Lyon are back on top again. So it's pretty straightforward. I think it's Barca, Lyon in the in the final. And that, I think that's the final everybody wants, isn't it? Yes. Yes, I think so. Although I would have liked to have seen PSG or Wolfsburg in there just to mix it up a bit. But I suppose if you're talking about powerhouses of football, Lyon traditionally have got you know so much pedigree in this competition. Can they be usurped by Barcelona though, Katie? Yeah, I think so. I think seeing the quality that Barcelona have, you know, I think the thing with Barcelona is they, you know, once they produce the chances, they need to make sure they're clinical and they take them. I think sometimes, you know, they hang on to the ball a little bit too much. They don't take chances that are there. And I think in a game like that, you know, when the chances are really, really limited, you've got to take the chances. But it'd be a great game to watch. You know, Champions League, I loved playing in it. I love watching it. It's always the top teams. It's great to play against different teams. And and it would be nice to have others in the final of that. But, you know, it is the way women's football goes. And, you know, if you win, you go through. Mm, Okay, well, that's all we've got time for on this week's The Athletic Women's Football Podcast. Thank you very much to you, Katie, and to Jen as well. You've given us the same prediction, so there's no battle to be done at the end of this podcast. But uh, Katie, I know you'll be cheering on Chelsea all the way. And Jen, you'll be rubbing your hands together uh, with so much to play for this season. Uh, So thank you very much, Jen O'Neill. And thank you very much to Katie Chapman. Thank you. Thank you. Well, listeners, don't go just yet. A little reminder uh, that you can give us your tuppence worth on the pod via Twitter at The Athletic UK and at Offside Rule Pod. If you're UK based, don't forget to fill in our survey. It's live now on survey.smsinc.co.uk. It's a chance to win a £100 Amazon voucher as well if you fill it out. And when you're eating your Easter eggs with the family down the pub, if there's any left, or sitting in the sunny park, make sure you tell people about the show. Spread the word hop to it see you next time the athletic women's football podcast is proudly partnered with now with a now sports membership you can watch the biggest moments from the women's super league live find out more at nowtv.com the athletic